Hello and welcome once again to an episode of Indie Apocalypse Radio. I almost called it an issue, but issues are the other thing that I do. That's the zine. Those things are issues. These are episodes. But what is what is what is what is what is an episode an issue? It's all all names for nothing but sequentially issued pieces of art. And I guess it doesn't really matter what you call what. I mean, we understand what episodes are called and what issues are called. So I guess. Uh, Anyway, language. It's a complex little beast. Oh, yeah, the live. Got to do the lives. I knew I always forget something. But anyway, I'm speaking of forgetting something. I've forgotten to introduce myself. But again, I'm Andrew. I'm the host of Indiepocalypse Radio, which is the radio show where, you know, we talk to game developers who are typically um, involved in Indiepocalypse. Thus, we put the two together. Sometimes there are others, but. I, that's if I'm feeling myself and I just email random people and tell them to be on the show, ask them to be on the show. But the first guest here who we have on the show, who you may know from issue 34 of Indiepocalypse Radio with Infinite Revolution, it's Gwen Clark. Gwen, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I got to ask you the the top, the head of the question. The Yeah. The, the question that is the uh, the indie apocalypse go to. How did you hear about indie apocalypse? Um, I couldn't I couldn't tell you who it was, but I I think it was just someone someone like retweeting signal like boosting uh, submissions for thirty four, okay. and I was like, oh, this looks this looks super cool. Um, might as might as well give it a shot. Yeah, that is <laughs> that's. Uh, it's the easiest way to just like that's what I that's what yeah. I hope. I hope that people just see and go like it, it takes me two seconds to fill out. I might as well. Yeah, that was that was basically how it was for me. I was like, you know, there's uh nothing to lose and like I get I get paid up front. Uh so I yeah. I'm yeah. happy I did. Yes, no, happy you did as well. Now we've got the 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 at this what once again another unrelated to your new apocalypse but uh let's wait, mm-hmm. let, before we get into that tell me a little bit like what is infinite revolution yeah so uh infinite revolution is a tabletop uh rpg it was made in uh about 40 40 ish days uh for a game jam originally um it is the first published uh, rpg i've ever made um the uh, elevator pitch, I guess, is you are, um, you are, you know, superpowered humans called revolvers. Uh, you, uh, defend the last safe solar system, uh, after humanity has, you know, kind of, uh, scattered out across the stars from these, uh, the saving forces of animate, ravenous entropy that are trying to swallow up the stars and, you know, uh, consume everything and snuff out all life forever um touchstones are you know uh like magical girl and toku media and just like space cool space combat stuff in general uh and um also just my my love for like you know really emotionally driven kind of over the top uh anime shit Yes, yes, yeah, like uh, extreme mm-hmm. melodrama. Yes, Cranky, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Now, we were, I was talking with a guest, I think, just last, yeah, just last week about the idea of, mm-hmm. like, you see, 
uh, they were mentioning that you see a lot, a lot in tabletop design. This idea of like, I mean, it's codified to the, that you would call them touchstones, but the the idea of uh, a lot of tabletop design is influenced by not other tabletop games. You know, it's it's influenced by kind of more abstract ideas or or, or other media. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I think I think there's a couple reasons. I think for one um this is definitely a medium that is like extremely in its infancy i would say still um it's it's older it's older than video games but doesn't have the like absolutely insane market reach and and proliferation right right unless uh, unless you have a game Uh, yeah involves dungeons and unless you're the game yeah Yeah. exactly well and and that's the other thing right is because um because like basically the only the only industry defining front runner is a single product that is like is designed to keep things as safe and and reliable and predictable and uh you know within this this uh specific um specific profit expectation focused framework like uh it's a lot harder to um to assimilate those inspirations from like other other things in the medium and i think that's a shame because i think there's a ton of extremely cool stuff like cool indie rpgs that you can take inspiration from um but i think that's a lot of the reason why you you have like you know a lot of a lot of games that tend to go for more like more vibes or more yeah. genre emulation or whatever right no and we were speaking of that as as a strength of the practice in terms of like it's not mm-hmm. just um, uh, video games can sometimes get mired down in people just making Zelda again for the thirtieth time and right. Their, and their inspirations being all other video games as opposed to mm-hmm. um, the walk between my house and the convenience store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, I think the indie scene has a bit of that too, or at least like you could get, you know, you could find people who would say that that's an issue just because of the um, uh, SRDs and the way that like the way that, uh, open licensed engines and stuff can get used um but even so i don't i don't think that's like necessarily a negative like you know is is every like pbta or or forged in the dark game is is every are all of them good like no but (laughs) um i think um yeah, I don't know. I think as really approachable and accessible frameworks for people to make their first thing that isn't, or like, you know, experiment uh, and make something that maybe isn't good, but is interesting or cool. Um, I think they're really helpful. And also like people who know what they're doing can make a really like good and compelling game with like any framework, basically. Right, right, and it's a lot easier to um, get ideas out that you want to. If you, if you maybe not the kind of person who wants to be like, uh, how do I balance dice rolls? Uh, exactly, exactly. That's that's a huge, huge part. I think. Right. Or or card draw or what is my what is my mechanic that 
the players engage with it's easier to come with a pre-built mechanic and just like yeah build i mean setting around it yeah i mean like a infinite revolution uses an srd it's it's built on lumen it was made originally for the uh the the second lumen srd jam um and the only reason i got it done in time was because i did not have to like figure out okay what's What's my core resolution mechanic? What's, you know, how do I handle, like, dice and progression? And there's a bunch of stuff in it that are not, that is not, like, intrinsic to Lumen. I did kind of, um, you know, I, I chopped some stuff off. I, I, like, stuck some other stuff on. There's yeah. there's a lot of aftermarket uh, bits going on. But, like, having that, having that original jumping off point was kind of, invaluable at least for me at least for making a complete game start to finish in like a month and a little bit right there's no need to fully reinvent mm -hmm. the the rpg exactly. every time you make one you don't need to because uh, i mean a lot of people are like you're, you're still going to fall into dice and cards and other kind of uh, randomized mm -hmm. mechanics are still very helpful definitely if you if you if you're opt to for that um you know, the dice as a player sort of idea. Right. But, um, but now, now did you, did you play a lot of tabletop leading into, um, like being like, Hey, I want to try, I want to try my hand at making one. Oh yeah. No, like I think I would, I would probably call RPGs like my primary hobby at okay. this point. They're, they're what I do for fun. Like, uh, a lot of the time I've been playing since I want to say like early high school, um, maybe maybe a little before that. Uh, in you know in various capacities, I've been going from you know like um, free. I mean freeform RP on forums even before like any any actual dice were involved, and then. Right. Um, yeah, like friends pulled me into into Pathfinder, and and I did that for a while, and then sort of figured out that I didn't I didn't actually like um, the super like that style of super mathy game that much. Yeah. Um. And yeah, then just from from there, sort of spiraled out into trying like a, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of different indie stuff, and now I I'm usually in like um. Like two to four games a week, uh, ideally. Um, that's that's quite a few. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it, it's a. Uh, uh, I say it's quite a few as someone who who does one a week, but that's still like, yeah. Uh, even I, I I assume even one a week for some people is a lot, but it's yeah. It's, it, and is that which just like a, a myriad of different groups? I imagine. Yeah, yeah, like there's there's some cross pollination. Like like I'm in like there's some games where I'm in with like um like my girlfriend uh and I play in like several of the same games together, but yeah. um broadly, yeah, there's there's several different several different groups with uh, a lot of different people and I've uh I'm very grateful for that. I'm grateful for like getting to meet really, really cool people through the scene and also like keep in touch with you know other friends um regularly yeah yeah because um the 
I mean, gr- granted, of course, there's there's a there's a wealth and a, a growing definitely solo scene, but traditionally, uh, tabletop RPGs are multiplayer, and to play test them, you traditionally require other people, so they kind of lend it's themselves. It's true, yeah. They they lend themselves to a, a community building and mm-hmm. just or or just just meeting people because it's you can't spin up a game by yourself and play sick yeah. i mean i guess you could but you could but yeah no i mean like like case in point like i wouldn't i wouldn't be here uh talking to you if if not for rpgs so i'm uh i'm, I'm very happy for that yeah no it's 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 a, it's a cool thing i i like to i think uh uh and from my outsider perspective it seems uh, I, I I am primarily video game focused here, mm-hmm. but I like I like tabletop games a lot too, and I think also space is very cool. So I try to include at least a couple in the everyone. I think I yeah put, definitely. Uh, I've put like a cap of two just because in 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 my uh, uh, casual anecdotal perspective, I'm like oh they got a little bit better mm-hmm. off maybe. But I don't know. Oh, as far as like, uh, um, like, uh, I think it. I think it depends. I don't know. Yeah. I think. I guess I. I fully admit I. I don't know what the like the prospects are for the, um, for the indie. Yeah. The I indie think... like video game scene on itch. I. But my, my instinct I think is that, it's. Maybe easier to get a like a certain level of um, well, so so backing up actually, I think yeah. I think the primary difference is that the indie tabletop community uh, is fucking tiny, minuscule. Right. <laughs> we are a a speck on a speck on a grain of sand in comparison to like. Um, like indie games and right, um, right. It all goes and gaming back in to, general. There's yeah. one big and, tabletop game general. Yes. Well, like even even that whole industry, like in comparison to like to to non non analog games, and like that's uh, that's really cool in in some ways um, because that means that like everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Um, and you're it's a lot easier to network with people because like everyone is kind of on the same page. Um, it also means, so like, so in, in that regard, like it's easier to sort of get, get noticed, uh, and, and get, you know, at least a little promotion just because like, you're not, you're not competing, uh, in this, you know, enormous seething sea of, of, uh, a ton of other, a ton of other like indie games. Yeah. Uh, On the other hand, um, you know, we're really small, so there's, there's barely any, there's significantly, significantly less money just going around yes, in general. Yeah. Um, and also because of the nature of the hobby, you don't you don't quite get the same like, you know, oh, a YouTuber makes a video of your game and it gets 15 million views. And now, yeah. holy shit, your game is like, yeah, your game pops off. Like there are there are. um shades of that i think that can happen uh, especially like now with like tiktok and like other other like less traditional promotion strategies and stuff but like um 
yeah, I think it's 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 very different. Um, yeah, I don't it, know if I could. Yeah, I don't know if I could say it's like you know materially better or not. No, but, um, <laughs> I don't think they are. Yeah, um, but uh, uh, it's yeah. It, there's less competition, but also you're competing for. I don't know. I I fucking hate phrasing it like that. Right, like, right. I I I am it's, it's similar in terms of like it's very strange to like. Uh, I mean, uh, I named this thing Indie Apocalypse because I think there's the idea that there are too many games is kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Uh, this this um this the scope of uh well no it's like everybody like no one's like uh, competing strictly because like yeah you're competing if you're if you're thinking about it abstractly of competing for someone's money you're competing against another tabletop game as much as you are competing against a cup of coffee you know yeah that's that's a good way to look at it and it's like in this even if i i maybe there are people but i think the number of people who are like this is my tabletop game budget you know yeah mm-hmm. As opposed to, I have all my money in a pile, and um, I can only spend so much of it. Uh, there's, I don't, probably few of those people. Yeah. So it tends to lend itself to uh, uh, creating creating enemies where you ought to uh, be creating, I don't know, peers. Yeah. No. Definitely. But, uh, and like that's that's sort of in like I think a an adage that's gotten i've seen repeated around is like you know there's like um we're all like we're all going for the same like pile of scraps essentially so like you don't you don't need to you don't need to like uh be an ass about it and 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 invite people like this is it's a passion industry for sure um and (laughs) No, continue. Sorry. Oh no, you're good. And and yeah, I think I think that's like. I think it's unfortunate in some ways. Um, I think people deserve to like make a sustainable living doing this without yeah. having to like stretch themselves. You know, like uh, rice paper thin. Right, but right. I do think it's it's given us a a, a pretty unique sense of community right you don't need to be like i need to put out you know 10 new games a year in order to Mm -hmm. yeah well if you want to make consistent money you kind of do right right Um, but (laughs) unfortunately but yeah most most people i would say in in the like in in the tabletop are hobbyists most of them have day jobs um and this is like a just something they do for the sake of it there are definitely people who do it full-time um and everything that i have uh all accounts that i've seen of that is that it is technically possible but insanely grueling unless yeah. you get very lucky um, right right you unless you right unless you hit on like uh like just like a hit out of nowhere yeah or like you know unless if you're like tuesday night uh, Tuesday night games and you you kickstart like 1.1 million or whatever from mothership right. um which right. fully de- fully deserves like like shout out to them great job yeah. um I love mothership but 
or you land like a like a you land like a, a key license. Yeah, like, yeah, like the um the avatar avatar RPG or whatever. Yeah, right. Where yeah. it's like it, it, you're like okay, well we we snag this license that just is gonna bring a million on its own just by mm-hmm. the name on it. Exactly. But yeah, I don't know. I, you and I can't go knocking on Disney or Nickelodeon's door and no come asking for Avatar licenses. No, probably not. At least, and you know, there's. I think there's some like there's some animosity, I guess, um, from people who like. I don't know. There's there's the idea that once you I've seen at least that once you crowdfund or or you know like pop off past a certain point that you're now like you're less indie, right? Um, yes. <laughs> and and I've I guess I can I can understand being frustrated about the conditions that that result in that, but I don't I don't really understand being bitter about it. Right, and I wonder how much of that comes from uh, people are, you know, understandably not fully transparent about everything, all the money they have, that, so someone can yes. look like a, like a huge success, and they are, like, just scraping by. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, um, yeah, margins on, on crowdfunding stuff is, like, uh not nearly as as big as you know uh as like the the shiny number that you see makes it ought to be right um i know i know like for a lot of people people who try to do it like uh do it full time they're basically saying like uh one kickstarter leaves enough left over for the next like to to you know live to make the next game for the next crowdfunding thing and that like that that's sort of what I meant is that 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 to me personally feels like a deeply unsustainable way yeah. to uh, to make things. I think that would that would exhaust me. Um, right, cause, and cause it only takes the one to not succeed, and then it all crumbles. Yep. Yep. Basically. But, um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's why there's been such a push recently for like just other other ways of you know making this more making this more viable and making it more um more accessible uh for people especially like you know uh like creators in the global south who can't access like a lot of crowdfunding platforms just period right yes uh, because of because of like yeah shitty trade laws and stuff um which is you know a a massive impediment to getting um getting rpgs that are like phenomenal and criminally underlooked like out uh and accessible to more people right right there's just i mean imagine just the barrier of it re- requiring it to be in english i'm sure you know oh yeah i know that that too absolutely there's there's so many uh, we, you take for granted um payment ease of payment structures until you're Say, for instance, uh, squirreling through 15 different weird payment services because you need to pay someone in Eastern Europe all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, uh, how do I, what is, what is this service, that service? I got to find some way to pay somebody 
the money they need, right. but because of just where they happen to live, mm-hmm. PayPal is like, no, thank you. Yeah. But, but before we've got, I've got some questions for you, Gwen. We've got questions here yeah, from, yeah. from the chat as because if you believe it, our segment here is actually wrapping up our time between you oh. and I. Okay. Yeah. No, I've been, I've been talking for a bit. No, it, no, it tends to go quickly. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you're here to do is to talk. <laughs> yeah. I'm here every week. No one needs to hear from me again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, got a question yeah. from uh, Mochi. Um, do you have a favorite Toho character? Favorite Toho? Um... Oh man, I'm just like this is catapulting me back to uh, to high school. I don't know if I like I like the knife one. Okay. Sakuya. Yeah. There okay, we go. I was gonna I say like, I was just I gonna like type her. in knife toho. Because I Yeah. It is entirely possible that um 2023 is the year I get into Toho. Oh yeah. Because if just if if only for this person who who is presumably going to be asking every week. Uh, every week. What are guest favorite Toho characters? And I'm, and I'm like I don't know what they are. There's like a shrine yeah. maiden and a maid. Yeah, I like I like Saki a lot. Um, I played so much of the. I think it was the tenth one, uh, Mountain of Faith, just because that was like, that was the most recent one that was available that I found a free download for at the time, um, and I was, I was really bad at it, uh, but I had a lot of fun. Well, perfect. That is, I am, mm-hmm. I am building my Toho knowledge one week at a time. Yeah. One uh, and we got a second question here, a second returning question, a regular question from Soul, which is, uh, what is your favorite type of rock? Favorite type of rock, um, obsidian, probably. Perfect. Uh, uh, any particular reason, or is just the vibe you appreciate? Oh, uh, I'm I'm a, a goth bitch at heart. Okay. I like I like how it looks. Um. I like that it's that it's sharp. Uh, I think the you know the process under which it forms is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Perfect. Um, I'm. That was our questions. As uh, okay. Gwen, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. I hope you will stick around for the group segment. Yeah, definitely. I I, I have nowhere else to be. I'd love to be here. Perfect. I I am learning. I, I like the fact that the Toho Wiki has a tab that's just called Fun Facts. <laughs> I th- yeah. I think more Wiki should have a thing that's just Fun Facts. I think so, too. Um, but that's it. Um, let me, as soon as I find my, there you are, we'll find where my FUBAR is hiding. Uh, uh, otherwise, then we'll be back in like two minutes and 14 seconds with our next guest. Thank you. Right. Goodbye. Yeah, thanks again. Bye. Hello and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was Downtown Boys with 100% inheritance tax. Uh, we are here with a second guest who you may know also from 
issue 34 of Indie Apocalypse with, uh, where's the where's my question? There it is. Uh, Quinn and Flynn. I I was like for a second there I forgot which order they went in. Um, is it is it Stanwick's Buster? Is the 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 terminology the pronunciation of that? Yep, yeah, yeah, that's it. Perfect. I didn't know if I just plowed through it or if it had uh, spaces in. <laughs> so you you had time to prep. You had time to to prepare for the question, the the great indie apocalypse question, which is, hey, how did you hear about indie apocalypse? Yeah, yeah, ready, ready for the gauntlet. So, um, mine was a bit of a fun one. So I'm in um game dev galaxy, and I think they had a feature on here like a while ago. Ah, uh, yes, the game dev. The game have Galaxy to Indie Pockles pipeline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that was actually before I joined it. But I joined that because I've been, like, making more games, trying to get, like, more involved in, like, community aspects of stuff. And then a couple of people there were talking about Indie Pockalypse and wanting to submit a game for uh, this edition. And then I was like, hey, what's this? And then I had it explained to me. So I was like, oh, cool. And then I was just like, I'm, I'm so used to it now because, like, I'm trying to get like a job in games, so I've just been like throwing out applications and just been like getting ghosted or getting nothing back. So I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll just throw something. Like probably nothing will come back. Yeah. And then like I got the email. And I was like, oh shit. Like okay, this is happening. So that, that's how I got here. Well, if it's any consolation, I cannot get a job in games. I've tried, and they <laughs> and they told me no, no, self-publishing a. Um... <laughs> consistently self-publishing an anthology for three years doesn't actually make you um qualify for a producer role in games because my mistake is i think that um uh video game companies never actually put things out on time so kind of kind of ruined my qualifications yeah i should have said oh i make an anthology and i put one out every three months even though i mean to put one out every month they would have been like welcome aboard consistently late yeah Consistently late, off time. I don't treat people like crap enough. Maybe, whatever, the, <laughs> whatever the issue is. But uh, uh, it, it's grueling, and I wish no one. Uh, uh, I wish you the best of luck. You. But it seems I I'm I'm happy to not be in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was um. Like I do, I do say that, and well, there's also the thing of like with what I'm trying to do, and and I'm trying to get into games as well with narrative design writing. Yeah, that's at least at least what I've heard is that it's a narrow field to begin with, which is design, and then an even narrower field which is specialized, which is narrative design. Right, and it's like you basically have to like try to squeeze your way into a mid role and try to like prove yourself, and like if there are any junior roles, they're usually filled by people who are like going sideways, or they're like You're filled right. in like two minutes and it's like you just can't get them so it really is just like a slog and just like proving like hey i can create game please please give me money yes it really feels like um especially be coming from narrative design that it, it because it's a a less obvious technical role to fill and mm. that writing that is it seems like it, it's also the kind of feel that goes very easily to or towards um people people know you know <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like oh, my friend's a narrative designer, and it's like it's harder to gauge uh, uh, prowess, I suppose. Mm. But that's a, that's an issue I think of writing overall because it's not like um, you can tell if someone made a bad drawing when you look at it usually, mm. or bad code yeah, yeah. because it doesn't work. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, like with writing, it's like you've got like, you can't like judge how well someone like does a large like epic arc in like two minutes because that's just right. not how that works. And it's like, if you want to grab someone in like two minutes or whatever, is like the rest of it going to be like, there's just like so much like there. And it's like, it's one of those where like, well, I like, I get it because like obviously like people are social. That's like how we got here. Right. But at the same time, it's like, I wish like I didn't have to like put myself out there and do like so much like networking. And it's like, I don't hate it as in like, I love like meeting the people and talking with them and like working with them and doing all that. Like, that's great. But it's like that, it just feels like a little bit like skeevish that the, like there might be someone who's like far, far better than I am who just doesn't have the chance to like talk to people or whatever. Yeah. It's like, ugh, it's like a, it's like I'm willing to like play the game as far as it needs to take me, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, like, ugh. Right, right. You don't like, it makes you don't so like someone who doesn't have, um, like, they don't live in the right region or doesn't have the right invites to the right mm. clubs. Yeah, like, li like literally with region, because like I got my start with um with Limit Break, which is this mentorship scheme in the UK. I literally like without Limit Break, I wouldn't have connected with my uh, my mentor Freya. I wouldn't have connected with like all of this. I still would have been like mostly like fumbling in the dark, like not really knowing like all these like cool like game engines and web stuff you can make stuff right. with and just sort of like desperately like throwing applications out and like not connecting to anyone or like knowing if like the stuff I'm doing is good. Cause like one one thing that I always found like the most difficult before I started to get like regular feedback from people was just having nothing. Cause it's one thing to like get feedback and someone said that this is shit. It's like, okay, well that's a bit of a knock on the ego, but like you right. can improve from it. But if, if you, if it's just nothing and you have no idea if it's good or not, like that's what really got to me for the longest time. And like now, now it's nice to have people liking or just hating my stuff. Right. Like, right. Just very fun. <laughs> yes. It's to have someone paying attention to it because like, uh, yeah. And, uh, drawing, drawing zero reaction is kind of like the worst reaction. Cause it's, if you can't even, if you can't even get someone's ire, what can you get? Yeah, you just made a piece of like nothing art, which is. But speaking of uh, art that is not nothing, tell me what is what is Quinn and Flynn? <laughs> yeah, and you know, finally talking about the the game. Yes. <laughs> so, um, basically, I this is gonna like a little bit of a story behind it, but basically, I've just been messing around with a bunch of different engines. Because, um, like I mentioned with my mentorship thing, uh, Freya basically said to me, okay, here's Bitsy, here's a bunch of HTML engines, and they're all, like, quite restricted and narrow. Make something with these restrictions, and they'll, like, be good to exercise your design muscles. Because, like, well, you can write, so just, like, learn how to, like, put that stuff into games. And then um, Quinn and Flynn was made in a video tome, which was, funny enough, one of her engines, actually. Yeah, and... relatively new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, came out, like... June or something I think it literally like came out like a, a week or so before like I or maybe like a couple of weeks or whatever it, it, very very close to when I was like hey here's an idea I want to put into a game yeah um and the whole like gimmick so to say around that is that it has non-blocking choices so um not all video game video tone games are like that but with Quinn and Flynn especially you could technically go through the entire game without making a single choice and the choices like basically just like change slight bits in the scene like maybe a few couple lines of dialogue but like the story is pretty explicit and just like one thing one ending right so that was like the basically like the whole idea around it i just had this idea 
which I got from a Tumblr post, which I unfortunately get a lot of ideas from Tumblr posts. But that's a great, um, <laughs> a great place. Hey, I, like I said in the first segment, anything that's not a video game is a great place to get an idea for a video game. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, so I got that from like a, a prompt thing, and it was this whole thing of like a guy who uh, only goes after um, male detectives just for the homoerotic thrill of being punched by a man. Because he was a thief, and I was like, "Okay, yeah. that's that's great." So I just went from that and ran with it, and it ended up like slightly different than what the post tended, but like that's kind of the point of prompts anyway. And um, yeah, and the whole thing was like, "Okay, I have this idea for a story that just has like one like consistent thing," and this whole thing with like non-blocking choices that like meshes quite well. So the two kind of just click together, and then the thing just developed off that. So that's how it came about. Yeah, that is that is, uh, that uh, non-blocking choice is, is surely a thing that ha- I assume must exist before, but it was the first time <laughs> I had encountered it, and it was like, huh, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. But yeah, I think I think Freya mentioned that it was Lady Killer in a Bind. I think is where she got the idea for it in the engine, and yeah. then I was like, oh, this is really cool because it's like it basically puts like the choice back on the npcs like for them to advance the story right because like especially with quinn and flynn where like stuff will happen no matter what it was a bit of a challenge to figure out like okay so we have these like choices and if the player like doesn't do anything how do i get like the rest of the game to like push you down that path anyway without it seeming like too too obvious that it was doing that right right and and it kind of uh, as you approach it, it's like how you would usually approach sort of like autopiloting through. Because I missed the first one, I missed on accident. I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I did not realize, kind of like, but and that, that puts you into the role of just like listening to the conversation and not interjecting mm. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, it was quite fun as well because like it made me like realize like how like in most conversations, like it's often like you just listening and then you jump in with a question and then you just like kind of steer it off yeah so i was expecting it to be like a lot more difficult than it actually was and then i was like writing it on it's like oh actually no like this is like, this is changing like how i think about dialogue which is always a fun one right right and you and you you saved yourself from making like uh 30 million branches into 15 yeah. endings <laughs> yeah which is the, the benefit of being mentored you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh no like that one of the because there was like this one little um thing i made in ink a while ago and it, it really wasn't that great like i, I still have it up because like i guess like maybe people get joy out of it but i i'm not a big fan of it and um freya looked at it and she was like yeah there's there's a lot of um words in the actual ink file versus what you get out like maybe next time like figure out like how you can reduce that and i i that's the thing that i like taking to heart like okay like what's like the minimum minimum effort like not out of like oh i dislike doing this or i dislike writing because i i adore writing I, I could just like write forever honestly but from just in terms of like, okay, like I want to get like a game out in like a couple weeks. And yeah. if I don't like narrow this down, I'll be spending the rest of my life just on these different branches. So, well, I think it's, uh, I, I think video game writers more than anything need editors to just slash mm. through <laughs> 90%, 90% of the dialogue I see in games. I think you could use like just, yeah, you could trim so much of it. It's just kind of like, um, it's just the, the, uh, the the way the medium flows because you don't have to fit into like a twenty two minute chunk you know mm. you're like oh we can just keep writing and we don't have there's no like expectation of, or if anything the expectation of length in games is to be longer yeah 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 and the longer the better so it, like 
just it it prompts people to just leave all the text they write in yeah 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 no like a lot of when i'm like revising stuff it, it is generally just like okay this like this whole like section just gets summed up by like a character just saying like one one or two lines and it's it's really just like cutting out and trying to figure out like okay like what's the minimum and it's it's a fun one actually because i found like the more like games writing i do where i approach it with that whole thing in mind of trying to cut things down and like what's like the minimum word efficiency i can do this with it started to steep into like other stuff i do because now yeah. i'm like looking at my old pros and it's like my god i was going on for like for ages <laughs> and like it's, it's just like nothing and it's not yeah. even like i was going on because like oh i was having like fun with these like descriptions or whatever and it's like no this is just like nothing and it, it just it's just fluff so it, it has been it, it's been very very wild like looking back and being like wow like my whole approach to writing has like changed massively yeah that's uh, that's, uh talking about important skills realizing that you kind of hate your past work sometimes mm. <laughs> truly the most important yeah uh, along with hating your present and future work it's uh, the importance oh, yeah. of uh self-loathing can work mm. great for the right people yeah as, as yeah, a person who is powered by it mm. it's uh that that's always been like a, a weird one for me because I actually think I mentioned this in the post-mortem where I, or maybe I didn't, I, I can't remember. Um, but I always like approached my work with like a sense of like self-reputation, like, haha, this is like actually bad or whatever. Yeah. Basically it was like a self-defense because I didn't want to admit that I was making good stuff. But then right, like, over yeah. time I was kind of just like, no, no, I actually like, I do enjoy like doing this and I actually enjoy like reading back what I've written. And yeah. like, even though, even like if I go down like a few months and then I read back on it, it's like, well, I've improved, but like, I still like, like what I did. And like, yeah. I had to write that to get better. So it's like, that, that's that been like a massive relief of like, actually like enjoying the stuff that I'm making, which like, I really haven't had with any other medium. Right, right. Like, the, there's like, there's a balance that. between, um, uh, it's, it's about finding that balance between disliking, or it's more that you, you uh, as they say in a, in a job interview, you see areas for improvement yeah and you like ah oh, well this 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 could have been better or this spurs like it, it it it's important that it motivates you not to defeat you yeah when you're like oh well this and also yeah there is no greater pleasure than going back and reading your own work that you enjoy <laughs> yeah definitely it's like oh i'm funny sometimes or <laughs> Or that sort of thing. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, no, I, I like the postmortems. There is, um, that's like a relatively new thing um, that's been added to the thing. And also, I like the sort of abstract approach that people have also taken to postmortems. Mm. Yours yeah. was the one, if I am correct, that was like written. It was written as a screenshot of like a word document, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was just. It was just literally. I just like took my google doc because i just do everything in google docs and i just copy right. it over and i was like okay instead of like actually formatting this i'll just make it like this this is it this is just the postmortem is just like this text document yeah and that was the same one where someone else did like a very um uh i believe it was jessica lay did a very abstract sort of <laughs> almost poetry <laughs> postmortem yeah yeah, and I was that was just like, hey, here's a Google document. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, no, this is exactly what I'm talking about when I want when I'm asking for people's postmortems. <laughs> I want, I want them to like uh, uh, take these different approaches. 
Oh, wait, you you both wrote postmortems. Yeah, right. Yeah, I like I like there's like these very um like talked to Gwen later who had also written a postmortem that it feels like would belong beautifully within the book itself. Uh, the mm-hmm. book being, you know, uh, her own game. But anyway, yeah, th- that was, a, I thought that was such a heavy postmortem issue. And this one has like zero spoilers <laughs> for next week. <laughs> um, but anyway, anyway, um, now you were, you were jumping at this question earlier. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ask you on air. Soul wants to know what, t- what type of rock is your favorite? Oh, uh, the, I okay. If we expand this to uh, include crystals, which I've just decided I'm, I it now does. Oh, uh, I've always quite quite like quartz, like just like regular, like nice clear quartz. I like. I don't know why. It's just like a nice little rock. Yeah. Okay. Really no, let's let's, let's on, but... now let's let's stop joking around. <laughs> <laughs> Stan. What's your favorite Toho character? Do you have... No, sorry. No, that's not the question. Mickey's <laughs> question is, do you have a favorite Toho character? Yeah. It's, okay, that's it's it. Thank you. Thank you so much. For <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Komachi. Um, for those of you, for those not in the know, uh, Komachi... Me. <laughs> including you. Um, just her whole story and just her whole character is just like the absolute funniest thing to me. It's... um. Because one thing about Toho is that it's based like a lot of uh, based on a lot of like Japanese myths or whatever, and then over time, Zun started to incorporate like Greek myth or whatever. Komachi is supposed to be like the Toho version of um, oh god, I forgot his name, but like the guy who uh, ferries Kara uh, souls. That's the guy, yeah. Guy who ferries souls across the river for the dead, and her whole gimmick basically is that she's seven foot tall. She's incredibly lazy and she never stops talking. So basically she she basically like nearly causes like a spirit apocalypse because like she just refuses to get off her ass and actually do her job. And there's like in Gensokyo, like all these souls are like running around the light guys, like we don't know what to do, like we can't die because the boat ferryman like just will not take us across. And the entire game is just trying to get her to do her job. And it's like I, I just I love her. because that just is just so funny to me. Because so many, like, Toho bits are like, oh, God, this person is, like, trying to, like, cause this, like, serious problem. Or, like, someone's trying to, like, revive a sun god or whatever. And, like, Toho 9 is just like, no, Kamaji just doesn't want to get up. Like, she just doesn't want to do her job at all. And, like, I, just from that, like, instant instant favorite for me. I, I'm i getting increasingly fascinated by just, like, uh, NPC Casey and I talked a lot about just the, or I was informed, rather, about just kind of, like, the nature of, Toho and it's kind mm. of like it's very weird collaborative nature yeah and how kind of like nothing else quite exists like it in the world yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh I, this very good report from the Toho fandom a, a photo of Zoom from a convers- from a convention parentheses probably what a what a line on a thing anyway this is this seems like it's people who like Toho are having a good time. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. As I was saying that, I haven't actually played the latest game yet, which is a terrible thing to admit. I'll get around to it eventually, but... Yeah. No, I'll, I'll allow it. It's, it, it listen, I've, you're talking to someone who hasn't played... Well, as someone who's uh, 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 not even a Toho novice, a Toho uh, 
no knowledge. Where 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 would you, what would you suggest? So, um, everyone always says start with uh, six because that's the first Windows game. Uh, I don't recommend that because it's like it's it's good like from a nostalgic point of view, but like it's a bit clunky. It's the first Windows game. It was still like figuring out exactly what Toho wants to be. I would recommend either seven or eight as a starting point, and I think my personal favorite would either be. 15, 10, or 8, I think. Yeah. But I'd recommend either 7 or 8 to start with, because that's where, like, Zone really, like, started to, like, hit his stride with what the games wanted to be and, like, the mechanics and, like, the core mechanics. Yeah. So either of those two I'd start with. Okay. My... I will... I I don't... I can't guarantee, <laughs> dear listener, <laughs> that I will play Toho in a week. But this is becoming sort of my my 2023 ambition perhaps <laughs> of getting getting into all sorts of weird stuff finding time to kind of like i'm always looking to expand my horizons constantly this is like mm-hmm. my whole goal is that um there there is i mean as of as of this very moment uh to 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 double back to the reason I call this thing the apocalypse is if I stopped if we if they stopped making art right now there was a full stop on all art uh, there would still be more too much art in the world for any of us to experience in our entire lives mm. yeah 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 but I like to mess around with stuff still <laughs> I I'm very very much like similar with that with always like wanting to find new stuff. Yeah, which is terrible because like I'll start series and like oh new shiny thing and then I like just drop it, and I have to like keep like a log of like okay no I, I'm going to finish this, and then we can like reward self with new shiny thing, right? But yeah, there's 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 so much and I'm glad I'm free from uh, the notion of fandom because that, it means I can just mm. enjoy things. <laughs> <laughs> and don't have to enjoy one thing for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh but anyway, oh I, uh Blade Breaking News, I like ten a lot. I very rarely read the chat, uh or and then I read the Discord notifications even less <laughs> because I am uh I'm busy just having a conversation. <laughs> and occasionally focus on the the tabs that I use to look up Toho or whatever else I need to look up. But speaking of things I need to look up, Stanley, would you believe I need to look up uh, FUBAR because we've, we've reached the end of our time here? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, oh man, it, that really did go by quickly. That's what I thought, too. The second guest, I, I'm always like, is it the end? Did I calculate the time wrong? But I'm like, no, even if I gave it a little extra time, because uh, I'll be honest, I never pay attention to like when the when I come back from break. But even if I came back from break like very late, it's like still we're 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 cresting fifty four minutes at the at the moment, which oh man, <laughs> which is definitely more than forty. That which means I would have been running my mouth for fourteen minutes at the start, which I was not. <laughs> uh, so we'll be back with everyone. Um, but in the meantime, thank you for being here. Thanks to you as well. Going to uh, take a two and thirty second, and then one other eight second at the end there. 
break. Goodbye. Hello, welcome back to Indiepocalypse Radio. That was swearing with uh, Divine Mimosa. Uh, we're back with everyone's here. We're all we're all here. We're talking about um, stuff, I guess. Hello, everyone. Stanley Gwen. Hey. Okay. Um, but but um, 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 what was I gonna yeah, say? A minute, we were, a minute ago, we were mentioning a. Well, I was mentioning Prague because, <laughs> of course, I am. Yes. Oh, tell me about Prague. Tell me about, like... Oh, boy. That's a kind of worms. Um, (laughs) It's basically just, I really like progressive metal, and I just never shut up about it, and everyone who's like, oh, like, anyone who talks about music, I I just walk in and like, hey, have you tried this, like, 12-minute song? You really should. It's great. And then it has, like, like a horn and, like, a carnival section, and they're like, what the fuck is this? So it's great (laughs) fun. I, I, my, no, my, very much my... I've said on the show before, my only recommendation of a concert I think people have to go to is Godspeed You Black Emperor, whether Ooh, you've heard of them or I, not. I, I have, yeah. Yeah. They have, they're actually on, they're on my list of bands that I want to see. I don't know if they're going to come to the UK soon, but... I think they if they if they were, they just did, because they were just on tour. Oof. All right. I'll have to make sure I catch them next time. It is my only, like... Um, guaranteed or recommended live experience because it is a very different live experience. Mm. You can feel the music it. in your bones. Yeah. Oh, God, I actually had an experience very, very similar to that. Um, there's this uh, music festival, Arc Tangent, which is uh, like a, basically just a big prog fest, but also has like adjacent stuff, so, like has like post rock, post metal, uh, some alternative stuff, but. One of the headliners, which was a Cult of Luna, which I hadn't heard before, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll, sure, I'll check these guys out, who I'm now very big fans of. Yeah. Just just from the opening, they played this song called uh, Cold Burn, which, um, if anyone listening just wants to listen to, literally just like the first horn in that song. It was like the loudest thing I had ever heard in my life, experiencing that live, and like I genuinely like felt it in my shoulders, and I was just like, holy shit, where am I? Yeah. And... That that whole show was very very good. I I recommend Call of Luna a lot. Okay, well I do my my thing of I just add. Would you? What? Uh, actually, no. You know what? If, if it looks like Bandcamp has really jumped the horn with you. They've I've got or I've got all these things saved already. <laughs> nice. So they must have had like an article on Bandcamp uh, recently with their with a new album release because I. I'm 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 a noted Bandcamp sicko. Oh God, same. No, I I everything for me is I I don't have like Spotify or anything, which is like both a good and a bad thing. Cause like good, I don't care. Like I can just like go on my thing and then everything's just there and it's all the stuff that I like. The bad is like when it gets like Spotify wrapped, I can't see like okay, you looped like this song for like four hundred hours. What are you doing with your life? Yeah, right. No, I. I never post mine because people don't need to know. <laughs> um, um, you know. Oh wow, you're in the, the you're in the point zero 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 one percentile for Jeff Rosenstock because you listen to Worry yeah. on repeat for six months straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't need to know which Mountain Goats album I listened to the most this year. <laughs> it might have been Bleed Out. I think Bleed Out rules. Nice. And it's new. Um, but, um, 
Oh, oh, also, Gwen, if you are here, this is a group chat, so feel free to um, unmute. Hey, me yes, hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, uh, we're just uh, uh, waxing poetically about uh, progressive <laughs> rock music, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. It's interesting that that's, like, that's one of the genres that I had a really hard time i think like getting uh getting into or finding anything i liked in because i i i think i have pretty like pretty expansive musical taste yeah. um but for a while it was uh that was sort of one of the one of the carve outs i felt like one of the things that i just just wasn't for me um but that's that's not as much the case um but it's it's definitely still like you know not not a genre i have much uh have much like what's the word um i guess first pers like personal knowledge of yeah yeah no that is and i think like once you once you've gone very in the deep end mm -hmm. of music i would say you like i think the important part to, to not become insufferable is to recognize that no, not everybody wants to listen to this. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I actually say, um, and this is specifically for like progressive metal people, but like, so you don't like go like completely off the deep end and just become a completely insufferable prick. You need to be obsessed with at least one like super cheesy power metal band. For me, that's Blind Guardian, but like, I always say, like, okay, no, just get into like, dragon force or something and like just have that as your anchor to like be normal right because if you won't you will just be like the most insufferable person whenever someone talks about music yeah like some just... people like just it's fun music and people like fun they don't need like a riff that goes on for like for five hours and that has like incredible technical skills behind it to enjoy it yeah i i, I very much recognize that I, i've been tempered in just in my personal life of people going Wow, your music is terrible. <laughs> I think it's good, but you have to you have to you have to learn from an early age that um, uh, I, I I think I think a lot about like the perfect example of um uh, of the like a classic review. I think I even talked about this last week of a classic revered album that like let's be honest, nobody wants to. Most people you know in your life never want to listen to it, and that's um, uh, in the airplane over the sea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, I mean, if I'm sure if you go to any website, it's like nothing but straight ten out of tens. But it's like, yeah, you're not putting yeah. that on at like a family gathering, expecting everyone to get into it. <laughs> yeah, it's like anything. Oh god, I, just, I had like a, I had a big realization recently because like my two, two of my favorite albums of this year also right now are top two on rate your music and it's like well i've become the person that i hate like, yeah i just have to live with this i i see i i kind of i don't know i'm very bad at like knowing i'm usually very behind on what stuff is like comes out this year because mm. i'm like all over the place usually or like or like technically it's this weird <laughs> compilation of spanish disco came out this year maybe yeah from the 70s and 80s so like but that didn't come out this year but uh what would you say is a good 
a good intro if someone's like, I, I'm scared of uh, progressive music, but what does it sound like? Ooh, is, um, is... Okay, so I'm I'm obviously going this from progressive metal specifically, because yeah. that's like my my zone. I'd say like, okay, if you like cheesy, like sci-fi stuff, but like you also like want something that's like goes a bit more off the rails with like instrumentation, um, Arion, which is by Arjun Lukansen. The reason why I always recommend people to Arion is that it's less of a band and it's more just like a project that Arjun has. Yeah. And what he does is that he does like the uh, instrumentation and then he brings on a whole bunch of instrumentalists, a um, whole bunch of vocalists. And all those vocalists are like also in other progressive metal bands. So like you can just like pick up any Arion album, enjoy like some like weird, like cheesy sci-fi plot over like some genuinely, genuinely like gorgeous, gorgeous instrumentation and everything. But then like if a specific, um, if a specific vocalist like catches, catches you and you're like, oh, like he sounds really good or like I really like the way she like sung this part, then you can find like what band they came from. And that's at least what I did. I kind of just like spread out naturally through that. Yeah, so that's I why just, I always recommend Arium. I just recently uh, got into that idea of I was listening to a podcast where we were talking about someone else who was um, like the idea of hey, you know, this person's basis is this person, so I went to go see what this person mm. was doing, and this person's this was that, and I was like, I played it during the intro song. It was a, um, a, a Jeff Parker song. And I was nice. like, this rules. And then I found like Jeff Parker is also part of a uh, Chicago underground trio. And I, mm. and I really liked uh, the, a, a Chicago underground duo album, I believe is what I, I've played like almost its entirety on the show. Cause I really <laughs> like it. Nice. Uh, but um, this idea of, you know, uh, uh, following artists, like unless you are like looking at the biggest bands in the world, usually, mm like those like especially those uh especially indie bands they trade a lot the musicians trade around a lot you know yeah 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 definitely and um like with prog prog metal especially um it's it's one of those where like it's big enough where it attracts like people who are like genuinely like incredibly incredibly talented but it's still small enough where like it's not at the mainstream point where people are just getting into it just because like to make money because yeah. you can't make money and it's like when like the pandemic hit like everyone like went back to their like old day jobs like you know like i think it was the uh band haken the uh yeah yeah it was ross jennings the vocalist he actually had to go back and do like his photography bit for a while until the pandemic staved over because like he just couldn't make money just solely off like haken merch sales right when there's right. no flooring going around yeah there's uh <laughs> people realizing that there's not a lot of money being made um, mm. when you're not touring. It's really, I think that's always been <laughs> largely understood. That is, um, it comes from merch sales or what makes a musician their money. Oh yeah. But that yeah. was really exacerbated by like, Hey, you know, when you can't tour and people like we, how do we make money anymore? Yeah. You know, like every like musician friend I've had, they've just been like, "No, yeah, just like torrent my music, and if I like do a tour, like just go to that tour, and that's how yeah. you, that's how you like pay me back." Right, right. I was, I, I took a peek at the rate music uh, top. I just I just I looked at twenty two, and I'm like, "What's what are the top ten or top all overall?" And there's there's three progressive albums in there, so I'm trying to get mm. a, a vibe of what rate music is like, and I think I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think the top one 
it's either Black Midi or Black Country New Road, their new ones, which are yeah, both of those. Like that, those, right those are one and two for um, yeah. um, 2022, and even Top All Time has three. Yeah, yeah. they are. They're very Black Country New Road and Black Midi. They're becoming like they are. They are the, like the new hipster band, especially in the UK, because we're having like um, we're having like a weird like post punk revival, which they're part of. And yeah, they're like starting to like influence a lot of people as well. But it's just, it's really good, and I don't know what else to say. Like I really love it, and I keep telling people to enjoy it. It's good. Right. It's 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 very. Int- I've never been on this site, so it's always very interesting to get a, a taste of. Mm. Um, like, because I, I get a sense of what IMDb culture is by their top ten, yeah, like top whatever. But now I'm kind of like, what's the, I'm getting a taste of what the the vibe of rate your music is. Yeah. And it's like yeah, I think I'm like. I'm like Remain in life. I, yeah. I think the top EP of all time is um, God's Blue New Black Emperor. Um, oh, the Slow Right for Zero Canada. I, I'm 90% sure that that's the top EP of all time. Oh, I think. I, I don't know how to switch over to EP. Oh, wait. I think I do. Maybe. Update chart by EPs. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, and that's so, actually how I found that. I was like, oh, this looks interesting. Then I just had like my mind blown. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I have to listen to the rest of these guys. Yeah, they're 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 cool guys. It's a cool band. I think it's um it's it's cool stuff. But yeah, anyway. Um anyway. Music. I think it's cool. I think it um it's a universal thing. Um I I do like in the core of the Crimson King, a lot. Um, it's kind of terrible. I've been terrible, but that's been on my list for absolutely forever. It's actually it, like listened to properly. I have, uh, I have so many things on my list. It rules. <laughs> the boldest statement in the world. <laughs> King <laughs> the Crimson, Crimson is good. <laughs> is good. Uh, uh, I've nothing. Nothing but bold takes here. Number one is OK Computer. I guess that's a good album. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, um, this isn't just going to be me looking at rate you music. But like, technically, I would remain. I get, I get why you say remain in light. I would usually probably listen to um, "Stop Making Sense" more often, but um, I prefer a lot of those takes on that album. Anyway, whatever. Video games, tabletop games, games. Let's stop talking about music. <laughs> you you caught me in a trap. <laughs> No, that that's my trap as well. I just anyone mentions progress metal and I'm just there. It's like, yeah. hi, have you heard of? And then I'm gone. Yeah, that's cool to listen to. No, no, like, Gwen. What have you tell tell me about music? What what? Um, what's what's your yeah, go to? Me, I'm not. I bounce around. I have, yeah. I think, like a big, a big range of genres, and and I tend to, I tend to focus much more on like specific artists than I do any mm. any one particular. Like, right. yeah. So my my um like some some of my all time favorites are um uh K play for sure um kind of like uh i guess indie rock pop punk um 
I'm not not totally sure how to describe what she does, but that seems like that seems like a pretty good uh pretty good starting point. Um I like uh Kayfly is the name. Um yeah, she she um Oh yes, okay, yes. Yeah, started doing like doing tours uh while ago and I think because of like friend of a friend stuff, her um some of her early albums were produced by like the uh like the frontman for the prodigy and and like Mike Shinoda and stuff. So there's a lot of like really like um really cool like electronic influence in there. Um I'm thinking uh I like it's, it's fucking really obnoxiously difficult to like I said to like narrow down any specific thing because I tend to just um Oh, I tend to, I tend to be like a huge a huge magpie when it comes to music and just right. sort of pick out little yeah. little bits and pieces of like oh I like this album more I like this, but yeah I um in general I like anything that has a really strong like personal emotional component yes or anything that does uh I think I think honestly like the biggest the biggest uniting thread is I like anything that does something really interesting like sonically. I like songs that play with like texture and harmony and um just have interesting like interesting noises or interesting instrumentation um or whatever i was like pretty into music theory as a kid and kind of wanted to like do that uh for a bit so it's that that informs a lot of like the stuff i like um there's some like more mathy bands uh that i'm into and then i also i also do just like a lot of like um a lot of newer like more 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 aggro and experimental pop um but yeah nice yeah there's there is um i i don't begrudge trying to like um uh, nailed out genres of music which is a, mm-hmm. a a nigh impossible task yeah i think i was i i put on a um shuffle recently i i very rarely put on like shuffles or like the spotify playlist because as a um as a full album type of guy it it mm-hmm. it's clearly their algorithms are not built for that right so you get like they're like we we made a playlist for you. It's um, the three albums you've been listening to a lot recently. Just out of order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like right. It's like what happened to the transitions? That that was the whole point. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, my mind was so thrown off by like, <laughs> uh, just like uh, so like in the recent one and the playlist. I mentioned this because it was like I think there was like an. Uh, I think the band was called Click. Uh, click as in like the club style with the QUE. I think it was like kind of like weird jazz emo or something. I don't know. But uh, that sounds like potentially my jam. Yeah, it, it was. A, I tried to think of whether the song was called Click or the band was called Click. I think the band might have been called Click because I am getting a hit for a band called Click. Uh, mm-hmm. With in with in their their genres are Midwest emo and emo rock, or mm-hmm. indie rock rather. 
but uh, 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 but the, the playlist had it was uh, it was the the aforementioned worry uh, by Jeff Rosenstock. It was a lot of um, I don't know what was the other one. Uh, Radio Maria's look now look again and uh, uh, the ever classic the monitor by Tyson Dronicus. All of which like um, are I mean. Uh, worry is kind of like an A side and a B side, basically. That are just like uh, two medleys, more or less. And the modder is like a, you know, a concept album. And even uh, what's it called? Uh, Look now, Look again. They all they all blend into each other. So it was a lot of like false starts or false ends. Listening to those because like ah, uh, no, that's not the next song. And then, and I'm and I'm going to say I'm very proud of myself personally for getting the name of that album correctly because I am. <laughs> Traditionally, very uh, confused for the longest time. Um, uh, look now, look again. Um, don't look back. The, the the like the Bob Dylan movie, and then uh, uh, now see. I'm doing it, I, or I can't think of it. It's uh, what's the the Nicholas Refnick movie where they go to like Milan or Venice. Uh, uh, don't look now i believe yes don't look now i'm not even gonna look it up i'm gonna say confidently don't look now but i confuse those three constantly for no particularly just similarly enough even though they're very different things anyway 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 before i before we just kind of uh, uh go down this uh, particular rabbit hole for basically forever um yeah um uh, do any of you have anything any kind of like last uh last things you want to ask each other or want to say or just had any kind of like pressing things like i need to get this out on the show uh the only thing that i really wanted to mention is that i am doing uh, a sequel for gwen and Flynn, uh eta unsure because things keep popping up that I then want to do, and yeah. it's like, okay, this will take like two minutes. I, I'd uh, submit this stuff for that stupid fucking Goncharov jam, and I was like, oh, this will be funny. Yeah. And I was like, well, I need to put everything on hold. And then I keep seeing like, oh, this will be funny, or like, oh, this will be a quick thing. But that's swing eventually. That's been very, <laughs> very funny to watch from a distance. Oh god, no, no, because it started out on um, on Tumblr, yeah. and that's like where my main posting is. So I like, I literally like saw it like the first few posts coming up and then I saw one person I follow who was like basically like one of like the big like big followers basically and a lot of people retreat stuff at, at, and reblog stuff that they they post or whatever then they did a post about it and I was like oh so this is like turning into a thing and then like I blinked and there was fan art and then that was just like the, the catalyst yes it, it was so funny to watch it's very interesting to see these kind of like screenshots of moments of like what what do people think Martin Scorsese is? <laughs> no, no, nobody on Tumblr knew who knew, yeah, what like his movies actually were. It was just like they just heard like homoerotic mafia and then just like went with that, like no right. care of like anything else. Yeah, I, Tumblr. I get. I've I've been told in the past that Tumblr actually. I think through extensive Colombo posting did start getting into Cassavetes, which is, <laughs> I, is, is oh. how, how much truth is there to that? Okay. Uh, I witnessed a lot of Colombo posting, even yeah. though none of the people I follow 
actually care about Columbo. Cannot speak to anything else because I just saw like a big resurgence in Columbo posting yeah. and then it died off. If that like caused anything else, I'm not following anyone who like got swept up in it. Oh, so I can't say. I can't say it. on that. I, I was I another guest uh, swore to me under oath that, <laughs> that Tumblr that, that Tumblr was in fact getting into Mikey and Nikki and like <laughs> uh, other Cassavetes films and stuff because hmm. or just like other like Peter Falk work. Yeah, but it's it's all you know, like, I... uh, hearsay. Yeah, that is like the thing because like you have like the main like sort of stream so to say that like post that like everyone sees but yeah. then because you can curate tumblr so heavily and like you generally like get like a little circle of mutuals and you all reblog stuff of each other then that becomes like quite insular so you could have like an experience on tumblr that is like wildly different from someone else and like you also like occasionally see the same memes so oh, perfect um uh, i hope one day people uh check out <laughs> Scorsese's World Cinema Project. What do you think people will real will learn about Scorsese's World Cinema Project? I well, don't think they will. <laughs> this is the thing how, of that. It's how, like, many, how, how many times will they dunk on him before they before they realize he, <laughs> the World Cinema Project exists? Uh, anyway. Anyway. If, if, if people could be persuaded by a, a mild google search the world would be much different <laughs> yeah 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 instead of just being like this guy's a gatekeeper oh man anyway internet's fun yeah 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 anyway but um yes if there's no pressing matters then um if that's all if that's all Yeah, I just, I just want to say thanks. Thanks no, for having me. Yeah. It was very cool. In that case, we're going to go to uh, uh, the, the promo zone. And Stan, you kind of already kind of promoted stuff, but where can people find <laughs> your stuff? And what should people be on the lookout for? Yeah, so uh, I'm on itch, Tumblr. I do have Twitch. Uh, Twitch. I do have um, Twitter and co-host as well. Stanwick's Buster on everything. But uh, I basically just use Twitter and co-host to just retweet things, people ping me in, and post project updates. Tumblr is where my unhinged posting goes if you want to see my opinions and music I'm listening to right now. And uh, things I'm working on, I have I have a lot of things in mind there, but I can definitely say, like I say, I, I definitely will be doing a sequel to Quinn and Flynn. That's like solid. I have an idea for it. That should be very fun. There is something that I'm hoping to get, which is a bit more serious question mark yeah which hopefully should be out on the uh, the old spooky mystical day uh the winter solstice so december 21st if i get around to doing that i really hope i do because it's something that i'm quite i, I really like the idea it was inspired by a specific book and i really like i really like what i'm doing with it so hopefully that comes out but yeah those are the two things yeah. that you hopefully should see from me in the future yeah and yeah might i recommend to find all those things easily and i uh, just go to stanwix.co.uk. Stan, sorry, stanwixbuster.co. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When people got their own websites, I love to promote when people have their own websites because <laughs> just get out your own website. Yeah, it's great fun. Learn HTML. And actually, that, that that's the one thing I want to tell everyone listening to this. Learn HTML. Make, make yourself a little web space. It's yeah, great fun. It's, it's, it's a lot easier than you think it is. You don't, you don't listen. Yeah. You don't need to actually learn CSS. 
<laughs> HTML gets you everything you need to do. All you need is a web page that has text and links on it. Yeah. Make yourself a Neo Cities. That that's yeah. I still don't have all myself, but make yourself a Neo Cities, learn HTML. No. Good yeah, night. I, you don't need to. I'm not gonna make one of myself because I have my own website. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Gwen. Oh, where can people find yourself? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm on Twitter um, at at Gwingle Move. Uh, that is not the best place to get updates on just the game because it's mostly it's mostly posting and sometimes game updates. Yeah. Um, I'm on itch as Gwensi. Uh, that is a much better place to follow me if you want um, if you want just stuff about Infinite Revolution. Uh, speaking of which, there is going to be a I am. In the final stages of getting it um, polished up and adding a bunch of uh, new spot art and just generally giving it some some shine from its original game jam state. And that's yeah. going to be happening soon. That's like, you know, a free update, obviously, for everybody who has the game. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and yeah, that's that's the big like thing I have kind of in. I've been plugging away at for a bit now i have some other stuff maybe later that i don't want to talk about if only because uh there are like three different three different projects competing right. for my attention and i want to more concretely realize one uh before i go you know go too much more into that uh but yeah uh play infinite revolution it's pretty cool uh we have a discord also um which is linked on my itch so yeah uh, so if you want to group or want to ask me questions that's where to do it and uh yeah, yeah. thanks and for, for listeners just to double check that just need to uh, remove ambiguity that's a gwency with an ie at the end oh okay. yes it is yes yep. uh, um, i i always I, something i've learned doing this show is like you know, it doesn't hurt to just double check anything that could be ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know what? Also, hey, keep an eye on Dicebreaker. <laughs> you know, as a yeah. Oh my God, yeah. As, I as a as a rising star. I guess yeah. December second, I'm gonna be chewing my nails until uh. Right. That's when that's when they announce the finalists or the the winners at uh PAX. That's I didn't even know they were doing that at PAX, but it, honestly. It, yeah, no, it's on stage at PAX Unplugged. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be there, obviously. But, right. <laughs> but, um, I'm going to be watching. But it is one of those things where it's just like, you know, it, an honor to be nominated because your, yeah, no. your name's already on that list. It's It was wild to, like, feel like I was, like, like I was in the same, you know, the company of, like, the, some of the other people on, on that list. Everyone is doing, like, phenomenally cool work. Um, and, yeah, it's... It's it's great. I feel that way about like being on Indie Apocalypse. Like, I've, yeah, I've suddenly, no, same. Yeah, I've suddenly gone from like, oh, I'm just doing this as like a as portfolio fodder or like just stuff that I think is fun, and then suddenly like th- that realization that people are looking at my right. work the same way that I look yeah. at other people's work. It's like, oh, yes. oh no, people people care about this. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, there, there's nothing more yeah. exciting than a stranger telling you they care about your work. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like I don't know. I have I have nothing but the deepest deepest respect for people who can create like 
who can create solely for themselves. Uh, I think that's that's incredibly powerful and cool. Uh, and I think I think that because that is not that is not me. That is the opposite of me. I I create to connect with other people yeah. and to show like to yeah to to hope that my my work resonates with someone in the same way that or in a way um in in the same way that like my whatever emotions inspired me to make it you know resonate with me yeah no and and, and around these parts i'm both a fan of wildly self-indulgent art that exists mm-hmm. for only its creator <laughs> yeah and also, and, and also art that uh, is clearly like i'm trying to convey a part of myself to somebody else yeah see that's the thing the trick is the trick is to figure out how to make the self-indulgence um connect to how to make this all self-indulgence yeah. something that other people other people can enjoy yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, that definitely was that definitely was a lot of what what infrared was for me. It was like I really like this art style and and these vibes and this this sort of you know uh, thematic emotional scaffolding. And now it's now it's everyone's problem. Right, right. There is I I can tell almost immediately often when 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 art feels calculated and it feels like it it is not what a person is passionate about. It's what they think. Uh, an audience wants yeah and like yeah you know no i don't i don't think there's any inherent shame in that but i also think that doing it doing it for yourself um is yeah yeah, is all of them yeah i i i i I, there there's spaces for it and this is uh, this is one of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, my space is for the for the for the real sicko stuff. Mm-hmm. Who that I, I appreciate it. I gotta carve out that 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 niche for people. But glad, Stan and Gwen, glad to have you both on the show. Yeah, I'm like, uh, glad to be here. Thank you. Glad to have you both yeah, in the I'm... zine. Just just I like that people make stuff. You know, and I, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Whatever little way I can help it out in, uh, uh, I can and to help. If you want to also help it out, hey, look at that segue. Look at that. <laughs> you can go to IndiePocalypse.com and buy IndiePocalypse. If you buy 34, these nice people here get money eventually. Um, hey. It's like, I love the idea of royalties. This seems like royalties rule. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you, make, if you make art, you should get royalties. It's just, even if it's like you get a check for a couple of cents every now and then, that seems nice. Uh, if you want to subscribe like somebody did during this very show to uh, the Patreon, it's IndiePocalypse.com slash Patreon. Um, uh, uh, it's on sale right now, actually. As I mentioned earlier, IndiePocalypse.com slash sale. If you want to submit, if you want to be in this the, these vaunted halls of uh, yeah. coming on this show, we kind of Do rambling it. towards you. <laughs> I would recommend it. Yes, yeah, it's like you heard it here. It takes like two seconds. Exactly. No, it's it's super easy. Yeah, if if you if you if you're listening, you too want to be part of the Game Dev Galaxy Two Indie Apocalypse pipeline. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, I, there's a there's a few of them. There's that. There's the strange collab. There's the the NYU Game Center, I believe. There's I feel like there's there's a few. Um, uh, uh, scene or organizations to indie apocalypse pipelines going yeah, yeah, strong. Yeah. 
Definitely. And I, I, I like it's though the world the world of independent art is both smaller and larger than you can possibly imagine. Oh yeah. And it's never too late to become a part of it. Mm-hmm. Or or to not or to just like pop in for a second, collect twenty to six twenty to sixty dollars, and then leave. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah, that that works too. That's yeah. Great. I personally am not one who is like, hey, everyone uh, 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 follow me, join my mailing list, join my discords. I'm going to engage with you nonstop. It's not the life for me. <laughs> uh, but so I, I, anyway, 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 we've hit the rambling portion of the show, which is why I'm going to shut it down and, and give everyone one final thank you very much. One, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. One, one final farewell. Oh, yeah. And one final transition to the outro song. Goodbye. Ah, Good night. Bye.